baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It's Beamaz and Beamer, News Radio 930 WBEN. You need something like this to heat you up. Joe's moving around. I was thinking the same thing. This song (laughs) is fire, and it's warming up the day. Is that? That's what you're going with. Uh, BMAS and Beamer here on WBEN. And uh, yeah, we're trying to warm up, trying to get you ready for tomorrow, which ah, it's going to be so much fun, Joe. I am, I think, ever since uh, yesterday, yesterday, the switch really flipped in me where I just cannot stop thinking about getting ready for the game. I tell you, the, the, for me, I, it was Sunday night. We were 30 seconds away from a tie, and I was like, yeah, it's kind of a letdown. The Chargers instead of the Patriots, and when the Raiders kicked that field goal, Brian, I have been in game day mode. I cannot wait. We are 35 hours away from kickoff, and I I really just want to press the fast-forward button. I cannot wait until kickoff tomorrow night. Well, to help us get ready for kickoff is Joe Marino joining us live uh, to kick off our show. Uh, Joe is host of the Lockdown Bills podcast and a new book. Uh, appropriately titled Go Bills out soon. Joe, thanks for being with us. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me. Obviously, I, I share in your excitement for tomorrow night. Uh, like you said there, as soon as that Chargers and Raiders game ended, it was Patriots mode, and we're talking about the third game in seven weeks with these two teams. And so it feels like it's uh, – it's a good understanding of what these teams are. Now it's time to go play this game and uh, and see who wins. Yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm pumped for it. And you mentioned Patriots. All right, Patriots again. And this is this is why I wanted to have you on, Joe, because I, I, I we need help answering this question. I'm stealing it from down the hall. I heard Mike Shope talk about this earlier this week, and he just brought it up. And I I kind of love the idea. That for fans of a certain age, notably my age, if you're around 30, is this the biggest Bills game of your life? And, you know, I think the gut reaction is to say, well, they played in the AFC Championship last year. But if you take into account, all right, first home playoff game that many people, most people my age, are are really able to go to, the Patriots... And what it means if you were to lose this game, I I don't think it's that crazy, Joe. Well, I think if you add in the home component to this, uh, I think you can you can buy into that because certainly um, the games last year were very significant. The, the two games were at home, but obviously a limited uh, crowd in attendance. You go back to the, the Tennessee playoff game where I thought that Bills defense that year, you know, talking about that 99-2000 team, that Bills defense to me was as good as um, some of the defenses that are celebrated from that era, like the Buccaneers and the Ravens. I mean, statistically right there is good. And, um, you know, those were big time games. But when you think about what this team is made of, where they rank in terms of offense and defense, the the consistency of the roster and the coaching staff, it's, they're playing well. They've won four in a row. They're entering the postseason, you know, playing as good as they have all year. I think when you combine all that together and, and, 
boil it all down to this moment uh, and the opportunity that you think this team has, you know, I can be convinced of that being a true statement. Joe, look back on the season. Uh, the Bills lose tomorrow. Does that not change the way we look at the season? You don't really uh, next year raise that that uh, AFC East championship. Uh, you, know, you don't really that doesn't carry the weight if you lose tomorrow. So it's a fair talking point. I'll, I'll say this: I think the Bills' uh, twenty twenty one season has already been a success, no matter what happens the rest of the season. I don't think there are. Uh, real Super Bowl or bust teams. I don't. I don't believe in that. Um, football is too random. Um, it's single elimination playoffs. Your goal in football to stay a contender is to just keep that window open for as long as possible and have a little bit of luck. And I think what the Bills this year proved is that the ascension that this team made from 2019 to 2020 was real, and that this is the true Buffalo Bills. And if this is the true Buffalo Bills, and they can play at this level for a number of seasons you're going to have a really good chance to win a championship or maybe multiple. So I think the fact that they validated who they are as a franchise, as among the elite teams in the NFL, and they have the staying power to be there based on the makeup of this football team, I think it's already a success. Now, is there going to be disappointment if the Bills don't win this game on Saturday? Absolutely. But let's be reminded that 31 NFL teams end their season in disappointment. You either don't make the playoffs and you're not very good, you lose in the playoffs, or you're losing the Super Bowl. So only one team has a happy ending to their season, and we have to keep that in mind when we consider uh, was this season a success or what the disappointment level would be because the most important thing that the Bills have done is prove who they are as a team, prove that Josh Allen is among the best players in the NFL and that they're going to be around for a long time when it comes to deep postseason runs. My favorite thing to do getting ready for this game, Joe, is to uh, just rag on Mac Jones and the Patriots. And I've just been bringing this up uh, all week long. 16 of 35, 164 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions, two fumbles. That's him in his two-game career against the Bills. I, You know, I, I just I love bringing it up because... Well, you know, I, I don't like the Patriots that much. Uh, but tell me why uh, I might be a little uh, scared of the guy who put up those numbers. Well, I, I think the the scary part of, of what New England presents on offense with Mac Jones is that it's a very risk, uh, a risk-averse team, right? They're going to stay on schedule. They're going to run the football. They're going to be happy to take quick passes, and they're going to be happy to punt. And while that may seem boring, if – the Bills beat themselves, which they've proven they can do time and time again this year, then that's going to be the type of script and formula that can beat them at home in, in, in what's going to be frigid temperatures. And so it's not that you're worried about them making dynamic, explosive plays that you can't stop. You're worried that you don't play to your capability and get sloppy, and that boring formula is able to not lose the game for New England. And I think – Bill Belichick is fully aware of what he has and what he doesn't have in this rookie quarterback, and they're going to run the football a ton, they're going to keep it simple for him, and they're going to minimize the need for him to be the catalyst for that offense. And if the Bills don't play smart football and beat themselves, which, let's face it, New England has made a dynasty out of that, allowing other teams to beat themselves and them not playing uh, losing football. And so that's what you worry about. You worry about falling into that type of script, which I thought the Bills did multiple times this year. Yeah, Joe, that, that's what I wanted to ask. You know, the last time the Patriots came to town, uh, weather was a factor, and it was that boring uh, strategy that won it for the Patriots. Are we going to see a very similar game tomorrow at Ralph, uh, I'm sorry, ooh, Highmark Stadium uh, with the cold temperatures? 
Well, yeah, so weather is going to be a factor, but it's different, right? It's going to be extremely cold. I don't want to minimize that at all, but we're not talking about winds, right? I mean, it's supposed to be pretty regular winds, 5, 10 miles an hour, not the 50 to 60 miles an hour. So I think that's the big thing we have to talk about when we consider the weather in this game is it's going to be extremely cold. The wind doesn't seem to be a factor. And I find it interesting that as much as this discussion has persisted all week long where it's about Josh Allen and playing in the cold, and all those types of things, you know, a guy from uh, in Northern California played college football in Wyoming. He's been the Bills quarterback since 2018. We're not talking enough about the rookie quarterback from Jacksonville, Florida, that grew up in Florida and played his college ball at Alabama in his first road start in the playoffs uh, for his NFL career in Buffalo in frigid temperatures. To me, that's the bigger storyline than worrying about if Josh Allen's going to be able to throw the football at a high level in frigid temperatures. Yeah. What's your game plan, like generally speaking, when it comes to cold weather? How do you stay warm when it's really cold outside? Like, are you a hand warmer in the gloves type guy, a bunch of layers? Does it not impact you enough? What do you usually do? Well, it's layers, but you have to keep in mind the, the, the three key things, your head, your feet, in your hands. And so you want to put a big time emphasis on those three areas because that's where you're going to lose body heat the quickest. And so, uh, yeah, hand warmers, foot warmers, uh, the, the, the insulated hats, uh, all that type of stuff. That's where you really want to uh, put your point of emphasis when it comes to uh, protecting yourself from the cold. You know, talking about these cold temperatures, we've been we've been talking about the ticket prices uh, in the secondary market dropping. You think when the game finally kicks off tomorrow, that stadium is going to look full or be close to full, uh, even though we have so many tickets, you know, going for forty dollars on the secondary market right now? Well, I think you hope that because of the opportunity that exists for a very reasonably, I mean, below, I mean, this is a very cheap playoff ticket, and so. While you may have some people that have been going to Bills games their whole life that say, yeah, you know what, I'm good. I don't, I don't need to be in this. Hopefully there's a whole large contingency of people that are chomping at the bit to take advantage of an economic deal to get into that stadium and be part of uh, you know, ushering in what, what is hopefully a Bills win on Saturday night. So I, I hope that there's some give and take there. But um, I think there is a chance that there is some, some empty seats and perhaps what uh, nothing all that – unlike what we saw in the, in the Jets game uh, in week, week 18 where they clinched the division. You know, big uh, implications on the game. Maybe some people assume the win there, but, um, you know, it's the first time in a long time the Bills were in position to win the AFC East at home, and you saw some empty seats there. So might be a little bit of uh, both here, but hopefully uh, a lot of people jump at the opportunity to buy a cheap ticket. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping so too. Uh, Joe, you got a book coming out, Go Bills, appropriate title. Uh, what, what's it all about? Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity to mention that. Um, Go Bills, it simply put, it's the history of the Buffalo Bills. It's it's perfect book to have on a coffee table or a bookshelf or a great gift idea for the Buffalo Bills fans in your life. But I take a journey season by season, the whole thing, 1960 all the way through this year, where I tell the story of what happened that year. And it's not, you know, 10,000 words on every single uh, season, but it is excuse me, a concise summary of exactly what the biggest storylines are you can uh, open up each chapter and see the story of the season, the statistical leaders, the, the pro bowlers, the, um, the starting lineups. That's always fun to look and, and see how that evolved throughout the course of history. And uh, there's the all-decade teams, and there's breakout stories on the biggest players and moments in team history. So um, it's just a great way to, from cover to cover to just encapsulate the history of the Buffalo Bills. There's tons of beautiful photography throughout this book. And so 
Um, it's just a great way to sit down and say, you know what, ha- what happened back in 1979 or 2004? Whatever year you want, you can go back and relive that story. I don't want to relive 2004. Um, but, Joe, you know, looking back and uh, through all these seasons, you know, doing a story on every season, maybe not what was the best Bill season, but what was the most interesting Bill season? What caught your eye when you were putting this book together? I'll be honest with you. I think it was that 1989 season where um, the Bills were very much in a position. Where things were coming together. They were Bill Polian had his fingerprints on this on this football team, and um, it was coming together with an emphasis on the run game and, and, and of course, the defense. And Jim Kelly's a budding star, and Thurman Thomas is a budding star. But you know, 1989 was that year where they had been to the playoffs in 1988. It was a 12 and four team. Uh, that um, were one went away from the Super Bowl, and, and they were uh, they lost to Cincinnati Bengals twenty-one to ten. Jim Kelly throws three interceptions, and um, things kind of got away from them in that game. But in nineteen eighty-nine, this was the year that everything was supposed to really come together, and they were okay. They were nine and seven. They won the division, but that was the game where um, Ronnie Harmon dropped a touchdown pass from Jim Kelly in Cleveland against the Cleveland Browns in the playoffs, and kind of spoiled that season and uh but it was in that drive where jim kelly put that team in position to uh win that football game where they unleashed that no huddle offense and ted marcher bro the offensive coordinator really saw what this no huddle jim kelly calling plays at the line of scrimmage offense could be and then you know late in the season in 1990 1990 they unleash it and um i just think it's such an interesting year a transitional year that was somewhat disappointing with the nine and seven record and losing in, in the playoffs but I thought it really ushered in the, the schemes that they needed to be the dominant team that they were in the early 90s. Well, I can't wait to flip through it and uh, go and relive some of those Bills. And, you know, even the painful ones. It's fun to look back, especially now that we're on the winning side of things. Joe, thanks so much for the time. Always uh, enjoy it, not just the book, but check out the uh, podcast, Locked On Bills. You can download it on the Odyssey app. Uh, Joe's your host to get you pumped for the game. That's Joe Marino. I, I am uh, really excited for Sun or Sun. I always say Sunday. It's just like oh, a yeah. habit. I'm excited for tomorrow night. It's hard to believe. You know, Tomorrow is uh, when we're getting ready for this Bills game. I, we talked about it a little bit with Joe. I, I, I want to talk about it more. Is this the biggest Bills game of your life if you're in our age group? I kind of want to put it there. Knowing full well that we played in the AFC Championship game last year. I think this, when you bring in the Patriots, when you bring in um, the you know fact you can go, I think this is, for so many people, the biggest Bills game of their lifetime. And are you going? I mean, are you taking the plunge, the polar plunge, uh, and going? I want to hear from you. What's your plan if you go? 803-0930 is our number or uh, on the Volkswagen of Orchard Park Tax Board. I think for millennials, Brian, this is. For the things you mentioned and... and well, not- careful millennials. I always want to... Millennials are older than us. Oh, millennials are, are Millennials remember the Super Bowl. We are like... Uh, we're in between millennials and like the iGen or something like that. Okay. Certainly for everyone in the next generation over is... Uh, who everybody calls millennials but aren't millennials. Okay. Um, that's who we're thinking of. So if you're 30-ish and under. Okay. So if you're in your early 30s and under, this is probably— What's the cutoff? Well, 38? 
I, I would say if you're 35, no. Because if you're 35, you might remember 96. You, uh, I remember 96. You might remember, like, the Super Bowl. Um, you're 33. Yeah. I remember the last home playoff game um, before last year, obviously. I remember that game. I believe I was at that game. Um, and uh, I don't remember the, playoff, the Super Bowls, but I remember the last home playoff game. All right. Uh, so maybe... Th- I want to put it 35. 35 and under. Because 35, you probably remember a little bit of a, a Super, Super Bowl. A Super Bowl, yeah. Um, but I think for everyone under that, you know, for most of you, this is your first opportunity to go to a playoff game at home. This is a hated rival. You know, it's your hated rival. It's yeah. not the Dolphins. That exactly. was the hated rival of the past. Right. It's not, you know, the Jets or any of these other teams or even the Cowboys. You know, the Cowboys, to anyone who lived through the Super Bowl, uh, you know, who would you hate more than Dallas, who beat exactly. you twice, twice in those games? Um, it's your rival, the yeah. Patriots, who dominated uh, the Bills for so long. It's all those things together, I think, really make this that game that is uh, – it's it's the most important to you. And, and I appreciated talking with Joe, but I, I do disagree. I think uh, if this game is lost tomorrow, this season will not be remembered yeah. and will not be talked about the same as if they beat the Patriots tomorrow. I do think the way this season is remembered and discussed – is all on tomorrow's game. I, I think there is so much riding on this game, Brian, and I agree. To this point, um, tomorrow for the 35 and under group, uh, this is the biggest Bills game uh, of your life. John, with you on that, that if they lose, it's not a good <laughs> season for yeah. them because of the opponent. Right. If they had lost to the Chargers, you know, I, I think you kind of take it as well. You know, it's Things happen in one game in the playoffs. Yeah. You lose to the Patriots, and then the next day in the mail, you get your hoodie that says Bills run the East. <laughs> yeah. It hits a little bit differently. It does. It does. It's not quite the same. Uh, Bud <laughs> is on WBEN, and, uh, you know, Bud, we're talking about people going to the game and a little bit of disappointment how ticket prices on the secondary market fall. There seems to be so many people wanting to get out of going to the game. But this isn't like a unique thing, right? Um, I'm going back to the 93 uh, wildcard game against the Oilers, um, the greatest comeback uh, game in NFL history. That game, let's remember, was not sold out. That's right. Um, it was not on TV locally. It did not make uh, the sellout uh, threshold for three, day, three days beforehand. Um, so it has happened before. Um, in my instance, uh, just turning 60, uh, my greatest game would have to be the 91 AFC Championship against the Raiders, the 51-3 to trouncing, yep. where that was our first opportunity to go to the Super Bowl uh, the first chance in 25 years to make it at that time. And the the town just went absolutely bonkers. It, you guys were too young maybe to remember that, but it was it was crazy. Um, that, that, that was really the biggest game so far. A lot of people point to that game, bud. A lot of people say that was, you know, that was the start. That was the start of everything, and it was such a, uh, a huge victory in the playoffs. That Oilers game, though, yes, it wasn't sold out, but I do think it, it is fair to mention that the stadium seated more at that time. I, it was a lot bigger at the time. It was over 80,000 people in that stadium. Not like that much more. You know, I, it, it I mean, was an awfully big stadium compared to the stadium sizes nowadays. Yeah, um, for sure. Well, uh, we're we're talking about this. You can let us know. Eight oh three oh nine thirty. Weigh in. Beam as and Beamer here on WBEN. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's Beamaz and Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. We're back here. Beamaz and Beamer getting ready for what should be a very fun weekend, we hope, uh, across western New York talking about this Bills game. We want to hear from you, 803-0930, about this game coming up. Are you going? Is it big for you? We'll go to Mike in Williamsville. Mike, you're on WBEN. We were saying this could be the biggest game of your lifetime if you're of a certain age. What do you think? I think that's true. I can tell you that our kids have never been to a Buffalo Bills playoff game at home. And they are so excited about going. I can tell you the tickets that we have have been in the family for 60 years. And uh, we're faithful. I'm an X-generation guy. And so I was in that playoff games in the 90s. And I love kids, you said you're not, you're not millennials. What generation are you guys? I don't know how they're defining the generations. I think we're older or we're younger than millennials we're like right on the cusp of millennials and whatever the heck they call what's next. <laughs> yeah, and I'm to boomers and X. So I get that. That's pretty cool. But um, I can tell you that the millennials that are going to this game, they are millennials, that are going to this game on Sunday are coming in. They both live and work in Chicago. And they're coming in and they're so excited about going to their first NFL playoff game at home in Buffalo exciting for them we're planning on going we're going to go at like 4 30 we're going to tailgate with the family and it should be a lot of fun we look forward to it sounds great how are you staying warm well i bought a whole bunch of hand warmers <laughs> we've tried to bring the electric gloves in before and they wouldn't allow those to happen so we're not going to try it this time <laughs> uh, yeah well I, I hope they do the trick mike thanks so much for the call thanks for the listen um we'll go to jack Jackson, North Tonawanda, God's country, as I like to call it. Jack, what's going on? No, North Buffalo. It says North Tonawanda on my thing. I take it back. Oh, I take it back. Wait. I'm a Buffalonian, true and true and high. Um, it's funny you guys are mentioning. I was lucky enough to be a kid going down the rock pile when my dad did season tickets, and uh, I got. I was lucky enough to sit behind a, a pillar. Uh, that's neither here nor there. But talking about uh, some of the greatest games, 
it was when Chuck Knox uh, came to Buffalo, and I think it was 81 maybe, that we got in the playoffs finally after about 15 years or so, and we knocked down the goalposts, and the fans carried the goalposts up to Ralph Wilson's up to Ralph Wilson's box, and he was clapping and smiling and laughing, and I don't think I ever saw Ralph Wilson smile before in my life. <laughs> it's kind of funny. And there you go. Hey, uh, Jack, we were talking a little bit earlier, Joe, this week about how uh, everyone says they were at that game. Yeah. <laughs> right? I was tearing them down. We brought them up to Ralph Wilson's box. We threw them over the wall of the stadium. We cut it up. We uh, did this and that. I'll never know what really happened, I feel like. I'll tell you, that's something, you know, I- I've been at a game where they tore down the goalpost, but I was too young to actually, you know, go on the field and tear down the goalpost. I think that would be a really cool experience. I know that that shows the uh, the immaturity in me. I think that would be a really cool experience to go there and be part of tearing down the goalpost. I'm, w- I'm with you. Right? I have the picture on my wall growing up yes. of uh, people on the goalpost. And, Joe, you know, some people hang Michael Jordan on their wall, and they say, that's going to be me someday. I had the guy standing on the goalpost as it was coming down. And I said, that drunk idiot is going to be me someday. I really thought that one day I would be part of when I, in 99, when I saw Virginia Tech beat Boston College to go to the national championship, and they stormed the field, they tore down the goalposts, and they carried it around town. I said, one of these days, I will be on a goalpost, and I will help carry it around town. Well, I'm 33, Brian, and that has not, Life that has not goals. happened. Yep. That's how we ended up here. Um, <laughs> I, I thought it was a pretty simple goal. I did, too. And then, you know, my entire life, they never won anything. Right. And when they do, they take down the goalposts for you, as I we know. saw on Sunday. I know. It's so anticlimactic. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but you can let us know. If you're looking forward to this, 803-0930, uh, give us a call or send us a text on our Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board. Is it the biggest game of your lifetime? Are you going, Joe, I don't know about you, but I've seen a lot of Facebook posts. It's not just, you know, tracking the ticket prices, but I know a lot of people are just saying uh, they're trying to get rid of their tickets for whatever reason. Well, I mean, if you're trying to get rid of your tickets, why has my phone not been blowing up? Um, I've been talking about it all week. No, you know, tickets for sale or something. The cold is a major, major factor in this game and uh, whether or not you want to go. And I don't. I am not going to fault anybody or question your fandom if you're not going to this game only because of the cold. I will say, and we've had a lot of people text us in, not just today, but all week, that, yes, I do think you're right. It is a softer generation. Yes. <laughs> and it, that it, this might not have happened, you know, uh, whatever. Uh, somebody said, oh, your parents' generation was tougher than you. We used to sit through this all the time. I, but they were. I don't think that's true because there was only one game ever right. that's going to be colder than Saturday. So you can't say you sat through it all the time. But yes, uh, our, the generation before us was tougher. The generation before those people were tougher. That's how it works um, we're across. Tougher, we're tougher. I asked my parents about the going to the game tomorrow, and they said, no, it'll be too cold. So oh, well, there you go. We're tougher. When they back in the in the eighties and nineties, yes, of course they would. But uh, let's be honest, they're, they're not doing it anymore. Uh, that generation has softened over time when it comes to the cold weather. But but I, I won't fault anybody for not going only because of the cold, because of uh, just what that makes the experience like. I, I mean, Joe and I picture going to a game. You know me. I don't. 
I don't just go to a Bills game. If I'm going to a game, it's an all-day event. It starts early in the morning uh, with getting everything together. And then you head over to the tailgate, and you're out there outside. That's a big part of it. Outside for a while before you go to the game, which is also outside. And I stay in my seat for pretty much the entire game. Um, And and I'm not going inside to watch on a screen anywhere or anything like that. That is the experience. And when it's zero degrees outside, it's miserable. And, you know, I, I've said this many times over the past two years. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the type of person I'm not, I don't do well in the extreme cold. I, when it gets cold, I just think about it being cold. I wouldn't want to be out there. And it would ruin the fun, right, of just uh, being out there and thinking the entire time, man, it's freezing. Man, I got to switch my gloves again. Where's the hot hands? I got to stay warm. I got to keep my beer warm. When, when have you ever heard anybody say that? Well, yeah, I think I think uh, Saturday, and you'll laugh at me saying this because it's me saying it, but I, I think Saturday might be a coffee game once you get into the stadium. Keep yourself uh, a little warmer with the uh, with the coffee. I don't know, Brian. You know, I, I look at Sunday. We were talking Sunday off the air and how, uh, you know, it was a little cold um, inside the stadium on Sunday, but I feel I was unprepared. Like I could have prepared better. I could have put another layer on. I could have. I could have been smarter. You know, we talked to uh, Jane Eshbaugh yesterday from Holiday Valley, and she said, you know, uh, avoid cotton, right? Because if if you sweat just a little in that in the, that cotton, that water's going to be there. It gets wet and freezes. And it contributes to your being cold. So you know, I think smarter planning. Um, make sure you have the right layers. You always want that backup layer uh, in the car just in case. Uh, but I, I think smart planning uh, could make it a little more comfortable at kickoff. But that's just me. I, I always blame myself. I always say I could have done something more. I, I was prepared. I wore like the, the most weather gear this past Sunday that I have. I mean, you won't see me dressed more than I was yeah. on Sunday. But I was warm the entire time. But wearing all that stuff is, you know... That contributed to you being uncomfortable? Well, it's just, like I said, you can still have a good time, but you're still saying, well, I'm not going to go to the bathroom now because, you know, I'm going to dig through 15 (laughs) layers. i got to unzip this and that and, you know, go up and down, right, and uh, do all of this stuff. It definitely takes away from the enjoyment a little bit. And you want to enjoy yourself tomorrow night. Let's go to Joe. Joe, you're on WBEN. What's on your mind? I'd just like to know why we're not talking about getting a dome rather than getting an open-air stadium. Tough to build one before tomorrow, Joe. Yep, but we're going to have it for years to come. I'll tell you. It's more cold weather unless global warming takes over. Well, Joe, I talked about this yesterday. I, 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 As you know, I am not a fan of the dome. I, I think when you get inside a dome, it could be something cool like Lucas Oil. It could be something generic like Syracuse. I, I think dome buildings – this is just my opinion, uh, lack the personality that an outdoor open-air stadium does. I, I beg to differ. It's just, you know, why put up with the cold if you don't have to? And if you're going to keep this stadium for another 50 years, why not go with something that you can use year-round? Yeah, I'm uh, – well, Joe, I, I appreciate the call, and I'm, I'm very indifferent to that. I 
I like the idea of a dome. I, I've experienced games, and it gets louder. The sound gets trapped in. You are more comfortable, so you're louder. Um, I, I think there's a lot of things to like about it. I also don't hate the outdoor thing. I think that's football weather. Right. And even if you're uncomfortable, I I still do think there's something to that. Um, <laughs> the year-round point is one I'll always shoot down because that's just not – unless you're talking about the Rolling Stones – um, who are probably not going to be around for the life of a new stadium. There is no year-round use for a football stadium. No. right. It has football games, and it has a very select few concerts that can use a venue that big, and really not a lot else. And most stadium tours are in the summer. Like, you're not attracting a winter stadium tour. Yeah. And, I mean, are you really attracting that many people for a stadium tour That's anyway? Great, you know, unless you're point. Fenway or yeah. Yankee Stadium. Great point. Um, but I, you're using this for football. I mean, there's no ifs, ands, buts about it. We can all dream and say, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll have the whatever convention here. Like, no, you won't. Um, you're going to have football games here. Right. And you'll have a few concerts. And that so that part of it, to use it for other things, I, I always shoot down. I don't hate the idea of a dome. I don't hate outside like i said i'm very indifferent to that i see the benefits of both i would say this and i'll throw this into the conversation is who should make that decision and i think that's an interesting part of the conversation um on its surface i would say well the people who own the team get to make that choice and that's it now, however, that's not exactly what's going on here because the public is building a large part of the stadium and they're going to be footing the bill. So should the public have a big say in it? I, I think that's also a part of this. Who gets the say in the end? Apparently, it's all the Bills say. If you listen to what Kathy Hochul told WBEN right. a few weeks back, if they want an Orchard Park, let's do Orchard Park. I don't care. Let's, you know, whatever uh, the Bills want, we will do. And we've known for years and years Terry Pagula prefer, prefers an outdoor stadium. And you know what? There are ways to have an outdoor stadium and have people be warmer. And ask anyone under those uh, red heaters right. if they're, uh, they have any reservations about going Saturday. Probably not. Um, By the way, every other stadium in the AFC East is open air. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, I, I mean, it's yeah, it's not like we're the way that's. I like that joke because the way you hear some people um, talk about it, it's as if Buffalo is so backwards yeah. for not having a dome like every other stadium in the league that's been built in the last thirty years has it done. That's not true. The newest stadium <laughs> in the AFC East is in the North, and it's an open air stadium. So, you know, I, I mean, there's – listen, I, I don't think it's not worth the conversation. I do think it's too late to actually have the conversation because it's not going to happen. But I I, I do want to just kind of throw those points out there. We'll go to Frank. Frank is in Williamsville. Frank, uh, you, it says you're, you're not going to the game. Why not? I, I wouldn't go if you had a free ticket for me. And, it, and I'm a guy – listen, die with the Bills, diehard fan for, for all the years. I'm 58 years old, so – I'm probably not the right demo for the for the fan they're trying to attract, but um, you're going to be cold at that game no matter what on, on, on Saturday night. No matter how much you dress, what you put on, your, your feet are going to be freezing cold, your hands are going to be cold. You get, in the, you get into the stadium, you sit down in your seat, and you're wedged into someone next to you. You can't even move around. There's no chance to even move. It's barely, you're so cold you only want to get up when they score. Um, you can't bring in hot chocolate or anything to keep yourself warm. 
And if you want to go up to get it for the concession stand, you're going to, you're going to miss about three, two or three series if you're lucky before you get back with your cold hot chocolate. Um, it, the games are made for, for television. There's a kickoff, there's a commercial. They run a couple places, another commercial. Or when they score a touchdown, there's always a, a commercial, extra point commercial. And you just you watch three or four minutes of commercial wondering, how are those fans, what are they doing it's sitting there? Just How do they bear, that, bear this cold? It's just so cold out there. I mean, I, I, I put the game on at 1 o'clock. When it comes on, I don't even watch the pregame stuff anymore. And um, I just, it, it just, it's just not conducive to, to healthy living to go out to the game and sit in a, on, a, on a metal seat in a, a nine degree weather and, and just get just have that cold taken out of you. It's just, it's just so cold. Frostbite. I hope they have a lot of first aid stations up because there's going to be a lot of frostbite. I would have, have to imagine for this game, nine degrees or colder. It's going to be pretty pretty miserable out there. I would have to say. But I love the Bills. I, I, I watch them on TV and, and there's the replays, the commentary. It's, it's set up. It's all for TV. The, the, the other games that they can patch you in and show you what's going on. If you're a fantasy football player, it's for, it's for television. Now they get the gambling thing going. It's all, everything. It's all. It's a TV market that they're looking for. The, the fans in the seats, the seats in the stands. I think they're the last consideration for the Bills or, or the NFL. Well, hey Frank, appreciate the call, hey, Joe. I'll throw this to you. Um, I. He said a lot about the at-home experience. It's made for TV. In a game like this, I like being at home because I feel like I actually watch the game. I always used to laugh. At people, uh, you, you know, you'd uh, drive home from a game and a caller would say on the postgame show, it's like, well, I was at the game, so I, I actually know what's going on. And I'm always thinking, well, if you were at the game, you have way less of an idea yeah, of what was going on. You see, point. like, not even half of what you'd see on a TV broadcast. Yeah. Um, and for those reasons, you know, big games, I kind of like watching at home on your big TV. You're not worried about being cold, and you can also – pay attention and really dig into the game in a way that you I don't want to say you're not digging into the game when you're there because you are but it's in a different way yeah I love the in stadium um, experience the atmosphere being part of the atmosphere but Brian you're right and, and Frank's right it's it's the games are more and more made for TV and Frank even mentioned you know after certain touchdowns sometimes they'll put the 15 second ad in uh, before you watch the uh, the extra point um, but no you guys are right and you see so much more if if something happened in the far end of the field and you're in one corner no matter how many replays you watch on the on the jumbotron the, the you know the 18 angle CBS can give you um, is unmatched and uh, so that's a good point I like but it's for two different reasons I like being part of the atmosphere in the stadium but yes at home you are getting you can be more focused into that game and let's be honest Frank brought up the gambling and the fantasy football you can be focused on a few other games at the same time yeah it's, I, I I love the atmosphere I love being part of it uh, but I also um, there's something about diving into the game and the X's and O's that you really – you'd have to be sitting up top, <laughs> right, uh, yeah. to, to be able to see everything. It's it's a little tougher to do when you're actually there. Now, Brian Wilson's on the phone. <laughs> so, uh, Brian Wilson or Brian from Wilson? I don't know. Yeah, almost one and the same there. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's on your mind, Brian? You know, with all this discussion of the stadiums, why hasn't there been any consideration given to the model we have in the north at, in Toronto with the, their stadium that has the Rogers Center that has the removable dome? It seems to me you get the best of both worlds. 
And Brian, this is something I mentioned yesterday. And, and, you know, for baseball, I love the retractable roof because I hate games being postponed. I hate seven-inning doubleheaders and all that. Um, but if you're going to put a retractable roof on a football stadium to avoid the cold, then why not just build a dome? I, I think for football, it makes less sense unless you're in, you know, Houston or Arizona where it, it's, you know, 100 degrees and, and they close it for uh, so you don't, you know, uh, for you don't get heat exhaust uh, exhaust. But I think... In Buffalo, it's either a dome or open. I think the retractable roof would just serve the same as a dome. Here's the thing, Brian. When you say best of both worlds, the the thing about that is it's a little bit different. Best of both worlds when you're talking about that baseball stadium is the nice, you know, you go to a baseball game, you kind of like to be out in the sun in the warm weather. But best of both worlds, when I think of it for football, would be that the fans are comfortable but you also get weather at the game. The best of both worlds for football isn't, you know, sunny and 70 or else you just keep the roof closed. The best of both worlds to me would be getting snow on the field because you have that football atmosphere. And why and why wouldn't you do that? I would I would have I would keep this the understanding would be that you keep the stadium open during uh, during football activities, but when you have concerts and conventions and things, oh. I mean, you can't have that out in the you can't have that out in the elements. I get your point. So for for you know later on non non football things, you would have the option to have a closed building. I, now I get what you mean. So okay. the, for football, it's open regardless. You're talking about for non football events. Yes, yes. I, okay. I don't hate that idea. I, um, Brian, with all due respect, and thank you for the call, by the way, I do, because now you're talking building something that costs $500 million. I mean, right. how much you, for a roof? For, what, two events a year? You're right. You, you put the cost <laughs> Non-football events, remember? And again, something you and I have talked about months ago, um, we have to stop fooling ourselves. You're, you're not getting the final rounds of the NCAA tournament. Yeah. You're not getting the national championship. You're not getting the Super Bowl. Build this thing for what you know you're going to have. You're not doing and the that's nine championship or game, maybe. <laughs> and again, if you build a retractable roof, everyone will say, oh, you know, maybe the occasional winter game. Then you open. You're not doing it. Right. If you build anything with a roof, if it's above if it's below 50. If it's below 65, <laughs> if it's below that, you are closing. Right. The, the whole thing. So, I mean, that and that's done. The discussion's over. Or you can be like the Marlins and pretend that it doesn't open and just always keep it closed. But, but it's it's just closed. Right. Right? I mean, so you either, I, I, I don't know. I understand you, the You thought. like it or you don't. And I do think that what you're asking for, when people say, like, oh, you know, the occasional, we can open up weather on the field, that's what's being built. Right. Or that at least is what is proposed, where fans would be covered for the most part, and sheltered from the elements, but the field is opened up. That is, Joe, 100% of soccer stadiums that have yep. opened um, uh, across the globe in the last it's, two decades? It's what they did in Miami, right before Miami got their last Super yeah. Bowl. That's what they did. It looks great, and yeah, it protects most fans uh, from the elements. I, I, I like Brian's idea, Brian and Wilson. I like his idea. Again, I think that's for a stadium not in Buffalo. You have to be realistic about what this stadium is for, and this stadium is for the Buffalo Bills. I, I just think retractable don't. If, you're, if, if you want it to be comfortable to have a roof on, I am perfectly behind you. I completely understand, and I, you know, I would be fine with it. But if you want it under the idea that you are going to get more non-football events, or that you are going to open it up to expose the field in anything under, you know, eighty degrees, 
you're mistaken, and that's not going to happen. And, and you know, I'll just maybe you get one more event a year. Yeah, it's a football stadium. Football games are played there. They are not used for huge. It's just not going to happen in the way that you think it. And I just I hope people realize that uh, if you're you know that upset over it, if you want it for your personal comfort, that's a great reason. But any of these other things you throw in, no. Well, Brian, Monday hopefully we're talking about a win and talking about on to uh, Kansas City. And uh, hey, after hey, no, no, on to Buffalo. Pittsburgh's going to uh, beat Kansas City. Go. Joe, come there on, you go. can't say anything. Hey, um, you can't, you can't assume anything. Is what I uh, wanted to say. I like Pittsburgh against Kansas City. Let's go. All right, let's go. Let's go. We'll uh, we'll be back Monday. And if you want to hear how I'm feeling on Sunday after the game, uh, Hardline, ten o'clock. Be talking about a lot of things going on this week. We'll see you then on WBEN. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.